Hi and welcome to the Two Dogs podcast. Thanks to the Past Players and Officials Association of the Western Bulldogs Footy Club, we're going to finish uh, 2020 uh, with a flurry and a couple of uh, terrific characters uh, from the football club's days of old. Uh, today we have uh, a couple of blokes who tick all the boxes. She was uh, achieved a lot in their time at the Bulldogs, uh, a club captain in a finals, a Charles Sutton medalist uh, in a in the debut match, kicking a goal with your first kick. Uh, both finished up being match day runners, uh, not necessarily for the Bulldogs, though. Um, state representative uh, have shared a, a VFL premiership together in their time at the Doggies. Uh, so let's get to it. Today, 249 games, 34 goals. What a career he had. Daniel Cross, what a great character, what a hard worker Cross he was. And uh, Simon Atkins is our other guest. Acts, of course, 168 games. Had a little uh, at the end of his career, as uh, Daniel did it Melbourne, uh, Simon had at Fitzroy, but 168 games and 89 goals. Two terrific football careers, two terrific blokes. Happy to have them on the Two Dogs podcast. Start with you, Axe. You came over, obviously, from Tassie. That that was, I would imagine, a tough initiation. To come from a small joint and to, although it was exciting when the opportunity rose, yeah, it was, was, um, you know, a pretty big thing because, and I would say that, you know, obviously me and Paul came together, but I, I really didn't want to come. I was playing, not only playing footy, but I had a good, I was, I had a good job, and everything seemed rosy. But um, I suppose then the opportunity rose, and you know, to come from from Wynyan, the population of four thousand in the Barclay Street in Footscray, you know, it was a real eye opener. <laughs> David Thorpe was the the kind of catalyst behind you being uh, being pushed into into the doggies' vision of of recruitment, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was the contact with with the Bulldogs. They'd to be coached by Thorpe as a you know young bloke and play senior footy, and then he obviously still had a lot of contacts in the Bulldogs. And, and it was back in the day there before the you know you might know this crossing before the the draft and all that that you were a contracted player, and uh, the Melbourne clubs could sign two interstate players on form forward. So it, it was that period of the time where you know it was a pretty big investment by. By Footscray or the Western Bulldogs, then to sort of yeah. say we're going to, you know, waste one of our contracts on a on a couple of bikes from from Tassie. Yeah. yeah, that was uh yeah. I never quite understood how all that worked. Yeah, so each team got two two uh, two interstate players, and that was it for the year. Then was it or yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. that was basically it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because there's famous stories of Blake signing form fours for one club and finishing up never playing for him. Yep. Yeah, for whatever reason. Whereas it was you went the other way, Crossy. You you came through that uh, that wonderful system we now have called the draft. Is that is that yep. a nice memory for you, or was it a bloody nerve wracking experience? Both, both, Kev. Um, I I remember it so clearly. The good thing that I I was lucky enough. I had another year in the under 18s to go, so it wasn't going to be. You know, my dream wasn't going to be completely shattered if I didn't get picked up that year, but. Yeah, I remember sitting at home with mum and dad and having grandparents there and, yeah, a couple of mates. And I think it might have been the second or third. Like, yeah, it, it hadn't been on telly for long, the draft. So we were lucky that it was on. Yeah, so we could we could actually see it rather than just being rung and, and told. But, yeah, I had a few phone calls from clubs during it. And my coach in the under-18s was Kelly O'Donnell. And he was heading to Frio um, as a coach at the end of that year. And he rang me sort of getting towards the 50s and yeah, asked if I wanted to come over to Perth and I wasn't going to say no, but it would have been ideal to, to go to Melbourne and I had spoken to the Bulldogs at the draft camp. Yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get picked up at, at pick 56, but being the Western Bulldogs, one of my grandma 
didn't realise that the Western Bulldogs was in in Melbourne. She thought it was Western Australia, so <laughs> she started she started uh, bawling her eyes out, <laughs> thinking that I'm going to the other side of the country. But no, it all it all worked out really well, and had so many amazing players at, at the club at that time who was just in in awe of. You know, I was just a a diehard footy fan yeah. growing up and watched every game that I could on the weekend. So um, to, to be able to train and play with some of those guys was pretty amazing. So when uh, – I want to ask you both the same question about when you walked into the club, who looked after you. Simon, When you were you a footy fan? Did you know a lot about the Bulldogs when you came over from Tassie or did and did you know the players or not? Yeah, well, just I don't want to say like well, that long ago, but, you know, we only used to get one replay. You'd get Saturday night replay, which was sort of a shortened thing. And then on Sunday, maybe you would get a game. Yeah. It was just sort of starting then. So, I mean, I followed North Melbourne as a kid, so I knew a fair bit about North Melbourne. In fact, I played a night game that, that year, and, like, I was just in awe of, yes, in awe of the players across the When I ran out in the ground, and I idolised Ross Glendening, and here he is strutting around to the number four, and I'm playing against him. I mean, yeah. oh, I just I was just <laughs> starstruck. So, as far as the Bulldogs, I mean... Funny to say that knew of Doug Hawk and Simon Bees, just a few of them, yep. you know, because probably hadn't paid much attention because we didn't get that big a coverage like it is you mm-hmm. know, now and as it grew from there. So, you know, and, and was a little fortunate that Tasmanians always have a thing that Steve McPherson was obviously at the footy club and yep. sort of took us under his, his wing and that meant that Hawk was involved because they were good mates. So, you know, got into that club culture with, with those blokes pretty, pretty strongly and because, again, you're an interstate player, you know, your family becomes a footy club, so that that's where the strength sort of came. Yeah. What about you, Cross? Who looked after you when you first came down? I tried to latch on to, to Jono and Smitty pretty quickly. I um I really looked up to those those guys and the Granny and and Darth and, and Westy and those guys as well to look up to. But those two boys in the western suburbs, you know, in Willie and in that area, um, really looked up to those two and. Spent a fair bit of time with with those guys on on interstate trips um, in the in the coming years, sort of thing. My first year, I, I was at school, so I, I came down and, and did year twelve at St Bernard. So I, I didn't get to, to train a, a heap um, with the group. I went down to Werribee a fair bit for night training and, and that. Probably got to train once or twice max. Um, obviously, pre season was different. I got to train everything, but there was four of us drafted that year, and we we're all seventeen year olds. So you know, it was Geordie and. Uh, Shane Burst and, and Wade, Wade Skipper, so you know they were good mates, and, and the guys just ahead of us, that big group with Murph and Jia and, and Lindsay and yep. Shaggy Hargraves. You know, we we all formed a pretty pretty good bond early on, and we played a lot of footy together. A lot of those guys. Uh, when did you cross paths with Crossy first? Can you remember? Axe was it was it at Werribee? Oh, yeah, it's funny to say that you know when when he Crossy say he came down to Werribee, that that was it because you know I was down there. So that that would have been the very first. Was your first year, brother? Came as well. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yep. You know, and when when we were aligned with obviously AFL teams, you sort of say, well, we don't have. There's another recruit we don't have to get. And then when the, when your brother came along, it was just a really good. You know, had a crack. I mean, it, yeah. So I can I can distinctly remember that. You know, Crossy coming in with a school bag on the shoulder and <laughs> yeah. you know, getting ready for training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was actually, I don't know why, but yeah, I'd forgotten that uh, Josh played um, that first year. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he was a he was a really, really good player, played a lot of senior footy as a 
17, 18 year old at, at Albury and then he was moving down to Geelong to start uni, do his architecture degree and um, so he was living down Geelong and was sort of meeting each other halfway at Werribee. Yeah, I don't think he played any senior games um, at Werribee but yeah, played played a fair bit of that first year and yeah, he was he was hard as nails but he's just always getting injured. Always yeah. getting injured. Yeah, he was almost too, like he was reckless. Like he just, yeah, that's the reason he was getting injured. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, <laughs> the, um, the Werribee folks loved him because he just banged straight at it. Yeah, and because yeah. he was a smaller bloke too, wasn't he? And just, he was. Yeah, he yeah. just didn't, didn't care, didn't care for his own safety. I think he, he went to Bell Park for the next couple of years and played under Kenny Hinckley and won a flag there. Um, and then his body was you know, wrecked by his late twenties, so he gave it away and concentrated on his study. The uh, the training was the biggest culture shock for you, was it not, Simon? When you first came over, the the level of fitness that you was required. Oh yeah, then you know. Every, no matter where you come from, everyone knows what pre-season is, but pre-season at Skinner Reserve in the middle of bloody January or February, it's 45 degrees and ground was as hard as a cat's head. You train for three hours. And, <laughs> yeah, so it was a real, just a real eye-opener. You'd heard stories about it, but, you know, to, to try and make sense of it, you only do it when you when you were training. So, yeah, it was a long, the first couple of months, and we lived in a house together and, we're, and that was probably a blessing because all of us were going through it and we're all from interstate, well, not interstate, all from out of Melbourne and, you know, missing your family and that, but to be able to travel to train in, in the one car and go through it all and have to go to work and that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a fair shock. So juggling a professional footballer with Boilermaker. Boilermaker world, yeah. And that was the other thing. I had to jump in the car and drive to, not, not just like at home, I was driving 15 minutes along the coast, you know, going to unrenowned going to Springvale or going to, you know, driving at 6.30 in the morning to go to, to, to completely trade, just horrific. You know, just driving through that much traffic to try to get to work as a, as a young bloke. And then you knew it when you knocked off, you were going and you got to train, you know, train for two and a half hours again. So, you know, but that's the part of it. Yeah. Crossy, you've always so you got a you got an unbelievable reputation as a trainer. Were you, were you like that when you first came to the club? I remember um, my, my first, when I was in, I think it was in year five or something, and my first carnival I got to play for New South Wales, being from Albury, um, played for New South Wales and, and the uh, in the primary schools comp. We were going up to Darwin for the championships up there, and I can't remember who the coach was, but I remember him saying that, you know, make sure you do, you know, one or two runs a week, you know, leading up to it, because it's going to be, you know, really hot up there. So, yeah, I just remember, you know, from that point on, Pretty much used to go for a run every night after school and go and kick, kick the footy and train. And yeah, I think it just sort of started growing from there. Um, like even from that early age. And I don't know, for some reason, I always used to love the Rocky movies and, you know, the, the training, the work ethic of, of Rocky Balboa. It just, I don't know, just for some reason, um, as a young kid, I was inspired by that. I really enjoyed training, so that was my strong suit. And when I first came to the club, I could run. That was a good foundation for me to build off from there, basically. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about your your debut senior games. Axe, yours was memorable for a lot of reasons. Your first couple of kicks were pretty memorable. Yeah, yeah, four kicks, two goals, two first three yeah. goals. Wow. I uh, I should have stayed as a dynamic forward pocket crossy, but <laughs> 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 only, only thing missing was a sidestep and, you know, that ball. I didn't have that in my repertoire. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was up in Sydney and Sydney were flying, you know, so we got flogged, 30, well, 25,000 at the SCG and the Swanettes. And, you couldn't have done um, any more, though. 
Oh, I could. Look, I, you know, I thought I'd done my best, but yeah. And after I Mick, Mick uh, Molas got wound up, and he swung his arm around and connected me on the jaw, and I don't know if it was meant for me or whatever, but that was the half time. So I ran out. I actually ran out after half time. My boots still undone because I was I was shocked. I thought, well, what, what was that about? You know, so <laughs> you know, um, well, I suppose the excitement around Sydney, and yeah, they give it to us that day. Yeah. Hundred and eight point loss, but uh, yeah, yeah, first two first yeah. two kicks. I mean, there's not many. There's a lot of blokes kick uh, their first kicks a goal, but geez, to double yeah. it up. I mean, you weren't Jason Tut like. You didn't go for four, no. but uh, you're two. I'm, uh, I, I, I remember. I, I don't know if it was the first or second one, but one of them. I turned. I sort of lolly bandled, handballed the ball over the top of Till Carter, I think, and he got, got it. And I turned around. I was probably twenty five meters out, and, I, and all I saw was a wall of red and white, and I was at. You know, like the old rabbit in the lights, and I dropped the ball somehow. It came off my boot like some mung, <laughs> and it just, through the grace of God, went straight and went through, well, it went through floating my foot either side. So that that was one thing that I remember just turning around and just the wall of red and white, you know, and think, what the, what's going on here? You weren't yeah. aiming at that bloke who used to stand in the cheer squad at the back of the goals for the Swans, were you? Oh, I tell you, a couple, <laughs> I shouldn't, a couple of years later, because once you would give it, we got our own back. And I, I ran in the open goal and I drilled the, I thought, bugger him, I've had enough of him. And I, I drilled the ball and I then mm. I thought, that's probably the wrong thing and half kicked it and it went bang straight into the fence straight straight below him. He wasn't real happy, but I thought, gee, that's a freak out kicking the ball at an old bloke. But I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, yeah. your first game, Crossy, round 10, 2002 against, uh, against the Tigers at the G. Yeah, yeah. Again, another memory that sticks true in my mind. I, I remember driving to the game and Mark Alvey and uh, Kingsley Hunter were apparently, oh, they told me when I got um, to the ground that they were next to me at the traffic light um, and they, they said I looked like, a, like I was white as a ghost. <laughs> I was just focused on what I was you know, about to come into. And I was just stare, like, staring blankly into space. But yeah, I, it, was a, it was a beautiful um, Saturday afternoon at the G. I only got told late, um, Steve Crediuk, so I was emergency going into the game and Steve Crediuk, yeah, he, he didn't get through training the day before. So yeah, I, I walked in and came to the team meeting and, and, uh, and Plough told, told me that I was, uh, I was going to be playing my first game. So yeah, it was, um, it was very memorable to, yeah, win. I think we won by three goals or something. Uh, I think I had maybe two or three touches. I, I think I played a quarter and a half. You sit on the bench for the first two and a half quarters and, yeah. um, it's so different these days. I remember my first touch, I, I took a mark and got real excited and just took straight off and got run down from behind. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it all happens uh, very fast, obviously. Step up from VFL to AFL is enormous. So, no, it was a, it was a good, good memory. Yeah. Being called up late is a bit of a theme here because was it your third game, Simon, and you got called up from the reserves to play at Waverley and you finished up at yeah. Mick's house having breakfast or something? Yeah, yeah. This was also you back here at the start. So Swans beat for 108, which I kicked two goals. Carlton flogged us by, I think, about 90 points in the West Naval. I was a bit quiet on that day. So then I got dropped. I didn't think I had that much to do with that, you know, 200 <laughs> points something. <laughs> and then, yeah, it got called up. Simon Beasley pulled, well, they pulled out because it was howling rain out of Waverley. And funny story, we're sitting out there at Waverley getting ready, and they said, oh, you you got to play the seniors. going, what? Well, you got to play in the seniors. I thought, oh, I'll just sit here in the grandstand or something. I said, oh, and he can't sit here. Go back to Mick's place. I was like, 
what the coaches play. Yeah, he lives <laughs> around the corner. That's all quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. After he dropped me, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. So I'll go. I've never been to Mick's house in my life. So I go there and that next there and says, oh, do you want something to eat? And I go, oh, well, no, I'm pretty right. And Mick goes, well, you've got to have something to eat. I go, no, no, I've had breakfast. So she cooked me two eggs. Well, I've never had two eggs before a game of footy in my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, funny. No, no good. You were dropped and didn't come back at all that season, did you, after that? Took me another two years to get back in. <laughs> that right? Yeah, so I didn't play that year, and then I didn't play another game. So that was 87. Didn't play another game for the whole of 88, and I was going to be on the move then. Yeah. So, Well, that, that's, yeah, where, wow. that's where the similarities are, because I think, Crossy, your first three seasons, you only played 10 games. Uh, yep. And I guess at the end of the 2004 season, well, the start of the 2004 season, sorry, was that when you were looking yep. at maybe other opportunities as well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, that first year was you know, obviously a big year during year 12, so I, I really focused on getting that done. But then my second year, I think I yeah, played four games. And then my third year, Peter Rhodes took over as coach. It's fair to say he wasn't a, a huge fan of, of mine, I don't think. I played six games that year, and I think I was emergency about 15 other times. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was an extremely frustrating year. I, you know, I was, I was playing... Um, really well down at Werribee, but the other guys were getting games before me. So, yeah, I was just hell-bent on playing. I just wanted to play in the seniors and thought my form had warranted that, even at that early stage. But you just go back and, and keep playing as well as you can. And, you know, if, if it's not to be there, then hopefully someone else is watching. That was my key focus sort of each week. And then, yeah, we sort of looked at, you know, possibly moving. And then, yeah, I, I got a, a one-year contract for 2004. And, I think I played the first two games and then I got dropped and didn't play for the next 10 weeks. And then I think it was, yeah, around uh, 12 or 13 from that point on, played the rest of the season and um, had a really good finish to the year. And, and then, yeah, Rocket came on board um, yep. from the year after. Yeah, 2005. What about you, yep. Axe? I mean, you you mentioned, uh, you know, the first year you played a couple of games. Then 88, you didn't play a game at all. Because Terry Wallace pretty much yeah. owned the centre, and you were you were pretty yes. much a centreman as well, weren't you? Well, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, you know, you're a centreman, ruck rover or rover. You weren't a midfielder, so yeah. I remember, you know, having a real good six to seven week period of, you know, just not only you know playing pretty good football. I thought, oh, well, I've got to get here somewhere, and we play. We we're playing Sid or Sydney Swans at the Western Oval, and the reserves, the fog come in, so the reserves they moved the ground. The game from the reserves from the Western Oval to Sunshine to Skinner Reserve because I've got to run out of time. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll be a bit indulgent here. I had 52 possessions and kicked four, go- kick four goals. Yeah, I kicked four goals. And I thought, well, no worries, you know, because it had been a month, good month of six weeks of, you know, not not that possessions. But I thought, oh, well, so Thursday night I'm in the senior squad. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm finally going to get back in. No chance. And it really, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to get in in this team here, you know, and I thought yeah. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna go back to Tassie at the end of this year, and, that, and that's it. So it is uh, shattering, almost demoralising sometimes when you think you can't play much, uh, much better, and you're doing everything that they're asking of you. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the guys, yeah, get get put in front of you. But where'd you go mm. from there, Axe? Did you you eventually got back in, or yeah, did, well, did I just uh, from there, or no, 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 no. So I was still, oh. that was only, that was my second year, so I just yeah. oh, I was okay. really frustrated and. I, I didn't really know because I didn't have a manager. I like, hey, how am I going to move? And I, I went back to Tassie as I would do every year just for a couple of weeks and I had a bit of a think. And I thought, well, you know, if the footy club sort of would, wanted me to stay and I thought, well, I can either stay, you know, I, I watched you train and train hard and 
you know, when I was a runner at the board, I was just amazed and you just punch out. And I thought, I've probably just got to get fitter. I, I can, you know, get the footy. I can, I can play, I know I can play footy, but I, I probably just have to improve on the, on, on a little bit of weakness mm-hmm. and, and get fitter. And I thought I, I thought I was fit. So I yeah. just probably did a, a, a pretty big pre-season and it could probably come from that and had some runs on the board and, and got in and that, that's how it happened. And having been a coach and, you know, yourself now, you always tell people it's hard work. It's nothing else, you know. You you can have the talent and all that. If, you, if things aren't going your way, there's only one way. And the, and the and the people that want to put in the hard work get found out. If you don't, well, you can speak by and you know you can tell yeah. people your hard luck stories. But yeah. you know, and, and I'm I'm fortunate that you know probably there. And as you said, you jumped in with a few blokes. I thought I've got to get up to these other blokes' levels that were more. They just ran, you know. I, I tapped onto them and got a real strength in their running ability. And you became a permanent member of the side, 89, 90, 91, 92, really important member of that of that football side. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had a real, real core of, you know, then then it became a midfield, you know. You, you weren't just sort of nominated in the position of I chip out a little bit, you know, but predominantly play in, in, in the centre. But, yeah, we were able to, through, you know, good ruck and young, you know, a young Scott Wine and yeah. Leon Cameron and, you know, Liver with the grunt and, Darren Baxter and a couple of other flipped through there. It became a real strength of, of the Bulldogs at the time, yeah. Yeah. Crossy, uh, when Rocket came in 2005, that was sort of you and uh, and you mentioned that that 99 uh, draft uh, crew. Everyone had sort of been there around a couple of years and you'd sort of started to mature into it and, and solidify as a side by that stage when Rocket came in. Was he the kind of gel that pulled it all together? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he really, as, as everyone knows, is a real attacking type of coach and you know we had players that that really suited you know highly skillful sort of players and he wanted the guys to play to their strengths and really back guys in so yeah obviously definitely for me you know that was a, a huge um, turning point for me to just have someone that backed me in to my strengths um, he didn't look at things that I couldn't do um, he looked at the things that I could do you know and he, he set a, a, a position for me you know, for, for that year and you know, I just went about it each week and, you know, focused really hard on, on getting that job done. So, you know, he was he was great for a lot of us. And yeah, unfortunately we uh we didn't get to taste the ultimate success and we got mighty close. But yeah. um no, it was it was a, a really good group. Like well, yeah, when he when he came as you said, like we were, you know, twenty two, twenty three, a lot of that core group. Yeah, we all we all came through together. Now, Axe has talked about the fact that yeah. Malthouse attacked him and uh, and he ran out in the ground with his shoes untied. Well, did did Rocket ever give you one of those fearful Rocket sprays <laughs> at any stage, Crossy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> everyone everyone kept saying that I was one of the you know the golden child, but no way. Like he uh, he used to rip into me just as much as anyone. Probably not as much as Brian, but um, <laughs> yeah, he um, no, he, he was good. He didn't hold back on anyone. Uh, but I, I, I really enjoyed that, like because you you played on the edge, and it was almost fear of failure, and I, I really thrived on that. It was really good motivational speaker before a game, really get you revved up and going, and almost breathing fire before you run out. But yeah, no, I um I top plenty of those. Yeah, everyone did. Just I was going to say, Kev, it was just to hear Crossy reiterate that it, the correlation between you know when Terry Wheeler came on board, you yeah. know, it, it was. It was probably the transition between the older players that, you know, Mick had to put his faith in the older players, but the, there was that transition period there where Wheels put his faith in the young group, you know, he's either going to live by the sword or die by the sword. And, you know, I was fortunate to be able to coach and get our young group to, to come along with the, 
the smattering of older blokes that were still left. So that's an interesting correlation there. Yeah. yeah. When you see a photo of that 1990 side that ran out for their first game against St Kilda, now you got pumped that day, but the faces are all – they're all bloody – they all look like 12-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, certainly do, yeah. A lot of And a lot of those young blokes went on to play, you know, a lot of games for the, for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Crossy, you mentioned the, the prelim finals, uh, 08, 09 and, and uh, 2010. Which is the one that you feel got away from you? The one that you oh, should have you should have got? Definitely 09. Yeah, I, I've watched that game as I show replays on Fox and you just you, you stumble across them and you can't help but watch them. And I, I watched it really closely one day and I didn't realise how, how much we should have been up at half time. And you know, we were down by a point you know, with one minute to go and then Rewalt kicks that goal. Off the ground, uh, I remember we came out at half time. We were in front, and Brian gave away a free kick that shouldn't have been a free kick, really. Like he, he touched um, rewind before the ball had been bounced. That sort of sw- swung the momentum really early. So uh, I, I still think about that day a lot. I think 08, you know, we were excited to be there. That was our you know, 06. We played, we made um, the semi final, but 08, yeah, that was our, you know, our first real crack at getting to the grand final and you know, Geelong were a great side through that period and yeah. probably weren't good enough. And then 2010, I think, you know, we, you know, a lot of injuries that year, you know, Coons knee you know, really troubling him. Uh, he's probably our best player at that stage and that, that really hurt us and then a couple of other injuries along the way. So we sort of almost fell into that um, prelim final. But yeah, no, to answer your question, 09, can tell um, <laughs> by the way I think about yeah. it, uh, it's, it's pretty bad still. <laughs> yeah, raw. Yeah. What about yeah. for you, Simon? 92 and 94, a couple of uh, good campaigns for the dogs that, that didn't quite work out. Yeah, it, for me, the 92 one, we'll do, I think we finished on top of the ladder. We were really confident in the way we were playing and, and you know, unfortunately, same thing, get to a prelim and let it slip away. So, and look, 94, we, we were probably a little bit less talented, I reckon, but we were capable of, of scaring a few people and same thing I can remember when I think Ozzy well, well the final whatever final was in 94 Ozzy kicked the goal to put us in front you think geez we're, we're real close here and then bang bang she's all over you think well that's that you know 92 was we, we could have beaten West Coast if we had, had a chance at them so but yeah. not good enough that, that's the uh, thing isn't it you can't mm, take it back so no. that, that semi against Melbourne in 94 that turned out to be your last game for the club was that right? Uh, yeah, so, well, last senior game. Yeah. So oh, I know you played in the reserves, reserves grand final. Yeah. yeah. My last two games, I captained, I was captain that day against Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I captained the reserves in the in the grand final win. So, yeah, that that was it in, in 94. So, moved on. Yep. You both moved from the Bulldogs uh, for different reasons uh, to to take up an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, Simon, you look back on that, something that you really needed to do at the time because of the circumstance. Alan Joyce had delisted you, basically, hadn't he? Yeah. I look back on it and think I understood where you know, Alan Joyce as the coach was going. And probably, and it's not by any means as the assistant coach, I needed to be reprogrammed a little bit. Yep. I wasn't getting it. You know, I, I knew I had some deficiencies the way he wanted to play and that, and I, I was open for... Going back, you, you need to go back and play an halfback flank or whatever. But it was just a shut book. If I didn't play again in the midfield, well, you can't play anywhere else. Yeah. Now I was, um, I think I was twenty four, twenty turning twenty five. Then you know, so it's not by any means you're over the hills and can't be reprogrammed or, or trained another way. But at the end of the day, it, I just said, well, what's the use? You know, I'll I'll move on somewhere else and you know, hopefully play another four or five years. So 
did a three-month pre-season at Collingwood, played in half a game, a practice game, because they didn't want me to play in it. And I thought I'd landed on my feet, really, to be able to go. Lee Matthews was the coach. And to come from a real successful, it's strange, come from a real successful midfielder and to go to, to a Collingwood, you think, oh, well, it's all the same. Well, there were some things that I thought, geez, how come they're not doing this and doing that? And, you know, players like Buckley and Francis and Monkhurst, and that, I'm thinking, gee, they're not doing things that, that we did. And I said, well, we're doing this. And I go, gee, what are you talking about? So I thought, you know, I've really landed on my foot there. But then on, you know, trade day or draft day or whatever, it, that didn't work out. And, you know, I was fortunate to get another, eke another two years out of Fitzroy. Yeah. But was Bernie the catalyst to getting you to Fitzroy? I would have thought so, yeah. yeah. Hawk, Hawk had already signed up. So yep. that was the pre. So Hawk had gone in the November draft when, you know, obviously he had his ideas or whatever. So I'd done my three months. So that was the pre season draft. And I think Hawk had had a word to Bernie. And yeah, that, that was the reason, yeah. Yep. Crossy, what about when you left the doggies? Yeah, I was sort of listening to Axe. It was sort of very similar with Alan Joyce. You know, I had, I had Brendan McCartney, and the club was, you know, sort of moving in a certain direction. And you know, I was one of the players that was over 30. And, yeah, it was it was a really tough year for me. 2013, I you know I started off the season. I thought you know really well, but then when you've got a, an aging list, I guess, and and you start losing games end on end, week on week, something I guess has to change. And so I was dropped. I think I was made sub. The sub rule was in um, for one game, the worst rule ever yeah. um, brought in. <laughs> yeah. And then played the week after, and then after that we lost to Gold Coast, who are obviously a, a new team up there, and. I had to go back and play with uh, Williamstown for I think it was seven games or something. And again, you just you go back and you just put your best foot forward and try and enjoy your footy and um, play as best you can. And yeah, I, I was I was doing that. And by that stage, I think their minds were, were made up. And um, I ended up coming back in for the last five games and finished the year off really strongly. And I I, I sort of knew that it was you know, probably coming. Uh, I still had real confidence in myself that I could you know, definitely perform at, at the highest level. So. Yeah, unfortunately, fairy tales don't happen often in, uh, yeah. in footy, and I would have loved to have stayed at the Bulldogs for my whole career, but um, wasn't to be. Decisions were made at the time um, were for the betterment of the club, so you got to take that on the chin. But you know, I was really lucky to get an opportunity to play at Melbourne and, and stay in Melbourne. Um, we had Tyler, our young boy, at that stage, and um, all my wife's family was down here in Melbourne, so really wanted to stay here. Had the opportunity to go to to the Giants with Leon, um, had a great relationship with Leon um, as the midfield coach for us for, for a long time, but moving to Sydney was going to be too big for us. So to get a, a, a shot to play a couple of years at Melbourne was, was great. It was I, I really enjoyed my time playing there. Great bunch of boys and Ruzi came on board and, and changed the direction of the club. And then obviously after that, I ended up working there for another five years in the high performance department. So I guess it, it worked out well for me in the end and it sort of launched the next part of uh, of my career. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. The, the fact that you both struggled early in your careers, you both finished at the Doggies in pretty much the same sort of circumstances. You both went on to be runners, both yeah. played in the midfield. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of synergies about about you yeah. two and, and, you know, even though you sort of uh, didn't play in the same era together, there's there's an awful lot of synergies about the, the pair of you. Yeah, well, you you were the, you were the coach, weren't you? Axe in the 2001 for Werribee? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always, always forget that. Axe was the coach down there, and we won that flag. That was my first yeah. year, so yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good, good memory. Yeah, we did have a couple of young boys in that game, in that team, yeah. from the doggies. Yeah, I remember, I remember coming in. I think I had my exit 
interview with with Plough the next day. I came in with my premiership medal, <laughs> the reserves, and he he said, "You want to take that off pretty quickly." He wasn't uh, he wasn't oh, too maybe. fussed about it. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> no, premiership's a premiership. I thought, uh, yeah, yeah. I loved going down to Werribee and train down there. Bondi was a hard man, and yeah. and Axe Ax was the same. So um, good memories with Axe. Oh, Axe was a tyrant. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you step out of line, yeah? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Ax, your fondest memory uh, of your when you when you sort of sit down and have a beer and think about uh, you know your days at the doggies. What's what's the the best thing that kind of floats into your head? Just to be able to run out the race and play in the Western Oval. It was just you know as a kid coming from Tassie, you always kick the footy around. You want to play AFL footy, and that's that's my fondest memory. And just still you know still get a bit you know. I, I, I just really enjoyed it, and and then the the, the mates, the camaraderie, the the mm. we weren't professionals, but we were we were in everyone's pockets for six days a week. So yeah. to 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 go close, like Crossy said, to go close to be able to maybe get into a grand final. Then you see that in two thousand sixteen, and you just sit back and go, well, you know, I'm that just that rap that those blokes were able to do that in you know everyone says in your lifetime. Well, unfortunately, mm. the Bulldogs were in that gap. You know, in in your lifetime, you. You're lucky to see them and win a premiership. So to to, to wear the the, the jersey and to, to say you played for the Western Bulldogs, that that that's my my memory, you know. Yeah, crossing. Yeah. Well, and it did change. I mean, it it became more corporate as as you came into the into the comp in the in the early part of the yeah. 2000s. So that suburban feel that Simon kind of relates to was almost gone when you got there. Yeah, no, I can sort of get a sense of what it was like. Um, definitely in my in my first couple of years, you know. The old change rooms that Axe would have been in, and the facility didn't get changed until I think it was 2007 or something. So yeah, I can still remember those you know, facilities vividly. And I think Axe was right. There's not any one particular memory. You just have so many memories, yeah. and it's it's all encompassing. And you just remember so much about it. It's the, the people that were there and the friends that you make. And you know, this weekend catching up with a you know a heap of them, and it's just those mates that that you make and. You know, it's even just the the training days and you know coming into the game. And it's funny when you when you when you're playing, like sometimes you know you get into such a routine, it, it almost becomes you know mundane at times um, because you're grinding through a season. You know, like Fuck, this is hard, but you don't understand how much you miss it until it's finished. You know, and that's that's why I'm still playing <laughs> at the moment <laughs> up in my hometown in Albury. Is I just I just love that feeling. I love that feeling of working towards a common goal. You know, with a with a group of of mates that you you train with and you you work hard with, and it's everyone involved. It's it's not just the players. You know, the, the coaches and, and the staff and. Yeah, actually, actually, be the same when you when you cross to the other side as a staff member. You want to, you know, continue to feel part of that. Yeah, the whole time it's just such a, a great privilege. Beautiful. Thank you both for your time. It's been a been a pleasure to catch up with you both, and uh, success in the future to uh, to both of you. Good on you, Kev, and great to talk with you, Ax. Yeah, good on you, Crossy. Yeah, thanks too, Kev. Thanks very much. 
My thanks to Crossy and to Axe, uh, two really terrific human beings and terrific personalities and uh, great servants of our football club and uh, still uh, barricade for the red, white and blue uh, as they as they did uh, uh, so well in their playing days. Hope you enjoyed this edition. Don't forget to go to the website, uh, the Western Bulldogs website, go into the past players and officials uh, uh, part of the website and you'll be able to find our previous episodes featuring some of those stellar names like Stephen Power and Boppo Smith and Bernie Quinlan and Barry Round. They're all in there. Scott West, some terrific names in our previous podcast. Might be some good uh, listening for you over the holiday period and until we get into the uh, the 2021 season. Hope you've enjoyed uh, the uh, Two Dogs podcast during 2020. We'll be back hopefully in uh, in 2021. Certainly be cheering those doggies on when we get uh, hopefully to a, a full and proper season uh, in 2021. Have a great Christmas and from uh, Ross Abbey and the entire committee of the Past Players and Officials Association, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Go the doggies.